Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Now, I do want to point out, as we're all departing, one of the announcements I'm going to make, and that is, is tomorrow starts 14 days of prayer and fasting through October 29th. Fasting will be a discipline of our flesh to improve our spiritual sensitivity and empower our spiritual authority. I love this. And I think this was Sister Dretzka that put this together, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, so we want you to do as much as you can uh, for as many days and as many meals as possible. However you do that, there are several uh, programs I believe we still have them out on the table in the foyer, different types of fasts that you can do, different things that you can get involved in. But church, I'm here to tell you that when we collectively, as a church, get together and dedicate ourselves to prayer and fasting, God moves. Things happen in this church, and we have seen wonderful, awesome things. People have been healed. People have been restored. Families have been restored. Amazing things happen. God promises it in his word. And so I would ask that you would join us in, uh, in being in the next couple of weeks a part of that prayer and fasting. If you could stand with me again this morning one more time in honor of the word, I'm going to dive right on in to my message. I feel good this morning. I feel strong this morning. I, I feel excited for what God's doing. That's right. I do. And it's not because I've got a roof over my head and I've got food to eat and I've got a, a car to drive. And all. I, Yes, absolutely. I'm thankful for God for those things. But you know what excites me? What's got me feeling so strong is the promise. The promise that we have, what God is promising us right now, the eternity that we're looking forward to. And God is moving right now in this church and in other churches just like it. That's what strengthens me. That's what I'm excited about. So I'm glad to be here with you this morning and share the word. In Matthew chapter 12, if you can turn with me there. Matthew chapter 12, starting at verse 34. Jesus is, is basically preaching to an abundant crowd, but including the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Jewish rulers that taunted him all the time. Verse 34, he says, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by the words, by thy words, thou shalt be justified. And by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. In Jesus' name, you can be seated this morning. I'd like to find the character that came up with the phrase, sticks and stones shall break my bones, but words shall not hurt me, because that is completely and absolutely false. Sticks and stones can break the bones of a few, but words can annihilate a city. Words can tear down people and hurt and destroy a person. They are powerful. And so what Jesus was talking about was the power of our words, and I want to talk to you this morning about the power of our words. I just got through extolling some of the wonderful things that we've got coming up. There's outreach opportunities, ladies' harvest party, There's a, the auction is coming up, and we're going to reach our community, folks. We're going to see this thing continue to ramp. It already is. 22, 24 baptismal certificates and Holy Ghost certificates in the last couple of weeks, and that was not from a year's worth of collection. That was just a couple of months. That was just part of the summertime. God is reaching out, and he's using you to reach your community, and you're doing awesome. 
We've got Bible studies going on. We've got all kinds of things happening. The Jonathan Project is doing wonderful. I'll tell you folks, it's a young men's uh, leadership program that we're doing. I see young men in there that are fired up. They're hungry. They want to get a hold of what God's got for them, and they're serious about it, and we are moving forward. You're going to see young men raised up in this church and a couple of old ones. I'm not going to point any out, any out, name any names. Okay, that was for Brother Imel. <laughs> but you're going to see these young men raise up. God is moving on them. There are ministries being called. There are things that are happening in their hearts, and they're getting hungry, getting hungry to be a part of what's happening. And we want that to catch fire. Well, how do we do that? We do that with the power of our words. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. In 1952, Norman Vincent Peale wrote a book called The Power of Positive Thinking. Norman Vincent Peale was a pastor of sorts. He was a member of a congregation. And he took some things out of the Bible and he took some modern psychological psycho babble and some other things and threw it into a book and he basically said with power of positive thinking you can talk yourself into amazing things you can become rich you can have a great job you can have all of these wonderful things happen in your life well I think Norman Vincent Peale was probably onto something that he ripped off out of scripture but he just got a little off to the off to the side a little bit. As a matter of fact, he was mercilessly criticized and attacked by mainstream churches everywhere for what he was saying. He was basically saying we're our own gods. Okay, folks, we are not our own gods. You cannot speak into existence a pile of wealth. But I tell you what you can do with the power of words. With the power of words, you can talk yourself out of a lot of things. You can speak negatively. You can use negativity and cynicism that even when positive things are happening in your life, when good things are happening around you, because of your lack of faith, because of your lack of understanding, you can talk yourself out of good things happening to you. And the reason that God brought this, I think, to us today is because there are good things happening in the church. And there are things that are growing. There are other things that are working and other ministries that are happening and, God, and the devil doesn't like it. The enemy doesn't like it and so he's going to use us in our flesh, in our cynicism, to say, well, I want to believe it, but I'd rather just be safe. See, if I'm safe and I just use cynicism and I say, well, we've done this before, we've tried that before and it ain't going to work. See, I'm safe then because if it doesn't work, then everything's okay. But if I speak out in positive, Positive words. If I come to you and I say, folks, I'm telling you, we are going to see souls come through those doors from these efforts, and I'm wrong, or something doesn't happen as quick as you think it should, then I'm going to look bad, right? Wrong. That's what the enemy wants. See, the enemy wants to tell you that if you speak out in faith, and if you use your positive words, he's going to tell you, well, then you're a liar. If it doesn't happen in the time frame people think, then you lied. See, that's what he wants you to believe. But what God has for us, and what he's telling us, is that speaking out in the positive faith, not positive thinking. See, your mind is the battlefield of the spirit. That's where the devil does all his work. And he can't do a thing to you, with you, or for you unless you allow him to. That happens in the mind. See, the power is not in positive thinking. The power is in positive speaking. The devil is the prince and power of the air. And if we take over that air, if we take control of it and we raise our voices just a little bit louder and we do things just a little bit more positive, maybe, just maybe, we can shut him out. Can I get an amen? Thank you, Lord. So what I'm telling you this morning is we have got to be careful with our words. Our thoughts become words. The battlefield is up here, but the, see, this is the factory for the th stuff that spits out of here and out of here. The Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. 
But see, I, we talked about this in our, in our Jonathan Project uh, uh, class just this past week, and we had some great discussion about it because I read that, and I was already working on this message, and I thought, wow, this is really great and coincidental, right? No, God's in the program. And I said, it seems to me that maybe we've got some control over what's in this heart. We're not just a victim of what's in our heart, but out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaketh. And as I said, it can annihilate a city. It can hurt. You can destroy. You can wreck a momentum. If we had a whole handful of people stand up and begin railing against our outreach activities and start discouraging people, you could shut the whole thing down. God say, well, I'm done with that situation. But I'm here to tell you today that there are those of us, and there are many, many that have said, we're not going to do it. We're not going to allow it. No more negativity. No more cynicism coming from that element of doubt. And that urge of the enemy. See, I've been kind of criticized for being a rah-rah guy. You know, recently I joked about it. Oh, you're always positive. Oh, nothing. That's right. I am, and I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not going to back off of it anymore. I believe God is going to continue to do great works through this church. It is going to be a beacon in this community. We're going to see souls saved, people in that baptismal tank. No matter what you and I do, God is going to have his way. God is going to have his work done. And I'm going to stand here, and as long as I can, and I've got breath in my lungs, I'm going to declare it. God's work is going to be done. His will is going to be done. We cannot and must not let negativity, negativity, disbelief creep in and ruin what God's trying to do through us. Matthew chapter 15 And verse 11 says, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of his mouth, this defiles the man. See, he was speaking to Jews. Now in the Jewish law, of course, they were taught all the time, you've got to watch what you eat. Don't don't eat a, a shrimp. Don't eat a lobster. All that stuff about cloven hooves and not cloven hooves. You can't eat a horse and all that kind of stuff, right? Who would want to anyway, right? No, I heard they're a good meal. Anyway... Just kidding. Dogs are a good meal. Uh, no, <laughs> just a joke. Um, I have a Filipino friend. Anyway, um, but the point is, is they were taught all the time that what you put into your body is what defiles you. And what Jesus is saying, he's confounding the law. And he's saying, now he's not taking it away. He said he came to fulfill it. But what he was saying is, is not so much as what you put into your body defiles you, but more so, more powerfully so, what comes out of it is what defiles you. Folks, we have to be moving forward. You realize that you are all ministers of grace. For those of you that have signed up for the program, said, I'm a Christian, I want to do God's will, and I want to go to heaven, guess what? You have a label, maybe on the inside of your coat, but... It might be on the outside of your coat too. And it says, minister. You are a minister of the gospel. Did you know that? You are a witness unto him. See, we weren't called into the faith and salvation to take a pew and say, whew, got in just in time. Glad I'm here. Where's the popcorn? No, we're ministers. Whether you've been in it for 35 years or if you've been in it for 35 minutes, you have a label on you that is minister. And so with that, you must be extremely careful with your words in the negative and in the cynicism and in the questioning and the doubt, right? It's not to say that problems don't come and you can't ever say, well, I'm, I'm really having a, 
an issue here. But I'll tell you this much. A man once told me years ago, and I'm a big, I'm a big, big follower of Zig Ziglar and Earl Nightingale and some of those guys. I used to be in sales. And actually, uh, Brother Matson turned me on to Zig Ziglar uh, many years ago. Uh, gave me a small book, or I think it was tapes or something like that. And, and it, it was wonderful. He was, a, he was a motivational guy, but he was a Christian man. And, and Zig Ziglar taught me to stop using the word problem. I don't have a problem. I have a challenge. I don't have a horrible incident. I have a situation. And if you've ever heard me talk, and if you've listened to me, you don't hear me say, well, that's a problem. I say, that's a challenge. We've got a challenge. Why? Because a challenge is something you pick up your stone and your slings and you run at. Right? A problem is something you back off of. And you deal with. And so we've got to be careful on that side of things, how we use our words. Look at what the book of Proverbs, our book of wisdom, look what it says about the power of words. I'm going to go through these quickly. I think there's a dozen quick little pieces of wisdom here. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. He who is devoid of wisdom despises his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his peace, or in other words, keeps his mouth closed. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Man. A soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. The deaf and life are the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. And finally, this one's for Sister Kylie, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. So I think the word, Jesus, in other scriptures really shows us that the power is not in necessarily our thinking, but what comes out of our mouths. But here's the good news. And I know you didn't, you didn't come for that part today, and you didn't pay for it, so don't worry about it. But here's what you came for today. I want to give you something that will give you power over the enemy. I want you to walk out of here today empowered, E-M-P-O-W-E-R-E-D, empowered to take on the things that are attacking your life. I know somebody in here is dealing with negativity in their world today. I know somebody came in here and they're frustrated with something. They're dealing with a problem. They're dealing with a challenge. I know that on a day-to-day basis, people come into your life and they do things and they say things and, and challenges happen. But you have to understand it's coming right from the enemy. He wants you to be discouraged. He wants you to be taken down. See, there are good things that are happening here, but there's always a force. There's always a force against the things that are good, always. And so even in the beginning, our Jonathan Project, the New Foundation, anybody here like the New Foundations class on Wednesday night? I am seeing more people here on Wednesday nights. Praise the Lord. I am seeing more people here on Wednesday nights than I have seen in a very long time. Brother Barningham and Brother Kylie are teaching an awesome class in the foundations of our doctrine and the principles of the word. 
And again and again and again, people are coming up to me saying, man, that is so good. I'm so glad we're doing this. And they're excited and they're encouraged again. And folks, I'm telling you, if you can get here, you've got to get into this thing. You've got to get into this thing because God is doing things. But even that came up against some resistance. Because the devil doesn't want good things to happen in the church. And he doesn't want us to be positive. And he does want us ripping on one another and critical of things. But if we recognize it and we use what I'm going to give you today, you're going to have power over that. Things will change in your life if you can turn that thing upside down. This is what was taught to me many years ago, using the positive, using the word of God. And we've got reasons to stay positive and speak with faith. No matter what we're going through and what we're dealing with because of others, it's nothing compared to what has, God has promised us. Can I, can, is it, can I get an agreement on that? Thank you. Praise the Lord. If you're hurting this morning, praise the Lord. <clears throat> if you're dealing with a physical problem this morning, if you're dealing with pain, if you're dealing with a situation, a divorce, a, 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 something's wrong in your life, whatever the case may be, You have to understand, folks, what we're dealing with here in this life is so temporal. When you consider eternity, the Bible says that this life is but a vapor. It's nothing. But sometimes, and I understand, I'm not criticizing anybody. I've done all this myself. But you have to understand, sometimes we get so tunnel focused on the negative and on what we see that's bad. Because the enemy's got us to do it. We don't have enough to do but to focus on, I have this pain in my body, or I have this situation, or whatever it may be. And the more you focus on it, the bigger and bigger it gets. It's like the microscope of our lives. Do you realize that your mind is like a microscope on your problems? And the more you keep turning that little dial, the bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger it gets. But it's amazing when you can step out of that situation as best you possibly can, It's amazing when you step out of that and you start focusing on somebody else's issues and problems and helping and serving and reaching out and getting a part of what's going on. Get on board, get on the wagon and get going along with us. It's funny, as you get further away from that focus and it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Well, Brother Cordell, I've got cancer and and it's a struggle in my life. It might take my life. I'm not making light of that. But you know what? Either the cancer is going to take you or it's not but you have an eternity that's waiting for you. Do you want to spend the time that you have here miserable and focused only on that pain, or do you want to see somebody's life turn around? Do you want to be a part of seeing someone pulled out of the mire, pulled out of the pit of hell themselves? See, if, you've, if you're here this morning, and I don't, I'm not picking on anybody, I don't know anybody has cancer in here this morning, but I'm saying if you do, and your destiny is going to be a short life here, You've got a whole eternity ahead of you because if you're here and you have cancer, chances are you know God. You've been in the water. You've got a future ahead of you. You see what I'm saying? But what about that poor fellow down at the VA who's never been to church or doesn't know God or got bitter or hurt at a church and turned away? Where's he headed? What about that neighbor that you live next to? Right? You see what I'm saying? The enemy will get us to focus on that negative. The enemy will get us to focus on the things that are unimportant in the terms of eternity. And if we start thinking in terms of eternity, if we start thinking about the big picture, what God's got for us in the long term, suddenly those things are going to start to get a lot smaller and we start thinking about the big picture. In Jesus' name. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 
starting at verse 17, says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Those very words Paul preached to the Corinthians. He called it light affliction. Well, my problem isn't light, Brother Cordell. It's really hard. It's really heavy duty. But I still go back to this. No matter what happens to you, no matter where you end up, if you're here and you're a part of this program, you've been obedient to the word of God, and you know Jesus Christ, and you've been saved by his word, you've got an eternity ahead of you that there is no pain. There is no cancer. There is no affliction. There is no problem. But I'll tell you what, wouldn't you want as many that you love and as many that you know to know the same thing about their future? No matter what you've dealt with in the past, we've got to look forward. There's lots of hurts. There's lots of challenges. There's, I'm going to step out right here and say it. There's probably people in this room that in some way, shape, or form, I did something stupid or I said something wrong or I was dismissive of them. I don't know. And if I did, come find me later on and pray for me and let me know. And maybe I've hurt somebody. Or maybe there's, maybe there's somebody in the room here just, I just don't like this guy. Why is he preaching again? That's all right. That's okay. But whatever may have happened in the past, whatever thing that you dealt with, and I know I'm probably speaking right out of Celebrate Recovery, but whatever you dealt with in that situation, We've got to let it go. There has to be a point. This whole deal that's going on right now, it's only got a little bit of time left. Do you want to spend the rest of it with your eyes in the back of your head looking backwards? Or do you want to spend the rest of it experiencing glory right here on earth? Because folks, I'm telling you, there's nothing better. There's nothing greater than seeing somebody come to this altar and repent, pray through, receive the Holy Ghost, to watch them go down in the water of baptism. There is no greater thing in life. I could live in a cardboard box and and drive a rusty bicycle to work, but as long as I had the opportunity to see somebody saved, to be able to pray people through, to be able to watch people that I've talked to get baptized in Jesus' name and be saved, then I've got it all. That's what I want. We've got to get to that mentality. Can I get an amen? Listen to what Paul said to the Philippians in, verse, in chapter 3, verse 13. He said, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I don't have it all. I don't have anything. Paul didn't have nothing. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Can we get that mentality in us today? Can we press forward? Can we let go of the things that hurt us? That person that said something wrong. whoop de doo my feelings got hurt. Oh, poor me. I'm going to keep on moving. I've had people say things to me. So what? People don't like that I preach. If you're not happy with me preaching today, I'll send the schedule out next time. You can stay home. That's okay. It's not going to bother me because I'm going to press forward to the mark of the high calling of Christ through God, through Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. 
We got to get that out of our system. And as soon as we get that out of system, you're going to have victory in your life. If you can get that out of your system today, the devil can't mess with you anymore. Well, that sister said something to me. That ain't nice. Well, you know, it's really rude that they disregarded my ministry. Well, I don't know if that person should help me. They said something crooked. They looked at me sideways. So what? Get it out of your life today because the second that you do, you're going to have victory like you've never seen before. I'm telling you right now, when you learn it and you get it inside you, God is going to keep on moving. You're going to see, it's going to deflect off of you like water on a duck's back. Can you get, can we get hold of that today? Can I, can somebody raise up their hand and say, I'm getting a hold of it today. I'm going to let that stuff go and I'm going to look forward because I'm pressing forward to the mark. Oh, Brother Cody, you don't understand my situation, though. It's greater than anything you know about. 17 people hurt me the wrong way. They stole my money. They hurt my car. They wrecked my house. They, the church did this bad thing. If you're new in the house this morning, I just want you to know you're surrounded by nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. A bunch of sinners. You ever hear people say that? I don't go to church. A bunch of hypocrites there. Why do you think they're a church? I went over to the hospital the other day. Man, there's a bunch of sick people in there. Sister Ruth, where are you, right? A bunch of sick people over in that hospital we were at the other day. Why? <laughs> because that's where they're going to get well, right? Amen. So let's look at the power that we have in our words for the positive. I talked to you about the negative side. So I want to give you the positive. I want to give you the power. We've got to be careful but firm in faith in what we confess with our mouths. Okay, confession with our mouths is extremely powerful. So we need to be firm. We need to be strong, but careful. Whosoever, excuse me, the psalmist said, whosoever offereth praise glorifieth me. And to him that ordereth his conversation aright, A-R-I-G-H-T, will I show the salvation of God. Our conversation needs to be aright or proper is what that word means. We've got to make it a practice to confess the word of God, not the word of the enemy. Does that make sense to you? If you're talking something that's coming out and it doesn't sound like it might come from God, you may not want to say it. You know why? Because the enemy's back there going, she's not really good at that. She's really terrible and I just really don't like that. Uh, he's a terrible preacher. Check it. Check it against what you think God would say. Here's some of the things that we can do to confound the enemy. You ready for this now? I got a whole list of them. You can get the tape later if you want to. But this is what I'm going to do to defeat my enemy. No longer should we say, I can't. A very wise man once told me that when you say the words, I can't, what you're really saying is, I won't. I can't is a negative that's garbage. No, Brother Corey, you don't understand. I really can't. I can't do that. You can do something. If you can't do that exact thing, you can find something close to it that you can do that God will call you to do. Because if, if you don't have the ability to do something, God's not going to call you to do it. Right? But I'll tell you what, I look at my friend Tina over here. If you don't mind me embarrassing you a little bit, Tina. Now, some of you may notice, Tina is in a wheelchair. Right? That does not stop her from ministering. That does not stop her from witnessing. That doesn't stop her from getting out there and talking to her friends. Oh, well, she... She could sit back at home. She could be, sit back and say, oh, I can't walk. I can't walk, so I can't serve God. I'm just going to go to, I'm going to wheel up to church and just eat up all that good food. Nope. 
That does not stop her. I know because she and I talk back and forth all the time about the people that she's reaching out to and witnessing to and praying for. God will not call you to the things that, he can, that you cannot do. But if you say, I can't, you are saying, I won't. You're just simply refusing. But here's what Paul said to Philippians. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Maybe not the version in our minds, but the one that he has. We can't confess lack of things anymore. We can't talk. We shouldn't talk about, well, I don't have this, and I don't have that, I don't want this. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Jesus Christ. Now, he says in there, my needs. Well, if you want a Lamborghini and you're walking around telling everybody, I don't have a Lamborghini and my life's miserable because I don't have a Lamborghini. For those of you who don't know what it is, that's a real fancy car, really expensive. <clears throat> yeah, okay. Now you got it. Okay. But he says he'll supply all your needs. You know what? As much as you need to survive and live and to be able to conduct yourself properly, that's what you need. And he'll supply it for you. Don't confess to be fearful of things. Oh, I'm, I'm just afraid to go there. I don't, I don't like that person. I don't, I don't like to do it that way. This scares me. I hear that all the time. God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, 2 Timothy 1 and 7. Don't confess doubt and lack of faith. God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith, Romans 12 and 3. Don't confess weakness. The Lord is my strength of my life, Psalm 27 and 1. The people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits, Daniel 11 and 32. Don't confess supremacy of Satan over your life for Pete's sake. Greater is he that is within me than he that's within this world, 1 John chapter four and verse four. Don't confess defeat in your life. God always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians two and 14. Don't confess lack of wisdom. Well, I don't know. I don't understand. Christ Jesus is made unto me wisdom from God. First Corinthians one and 30. Don't confess sickness in your life. With his stripes, you're healed. Isaiah 53 and five. Jesus himself took my infirmities and bare my sickness. Matthew eight and 17. Don't confess worries and frustrations in your life. Casting all my cares upon him who careth for me. 1 Peter 5 and 7, in Christ I am carefree. It's the word of God, folks. We just stamped all over the devil's head. You understand what happened there? Well, Lord, I thought they might stand up and shout and say rah, rah. Okay. I'll tell you what. I read through that as I began to do my studies and get my list together, and I'm thinking this list is growing, and it's growing, and it's growing, and the scriptures are powerful. Do you understand? Well, not all of that's exactly true, Brother Cole. Whoa, wait a minute. It may not be true this moment. Of course we have fear. Of course we have challenges. Don't confess it. Let God take your fear. Let God be your strength. Let God be your courage. But what I'm telling you is this is your weapon. This is what you have against the enemy when you walk out of here today and you start to feel negativity. Somebody comes up to you. They want to be cynical. They want to be challenging. You give them some word of God. I, my God provides all of my needs. Know those scriptures. Because I'm telling you, when you do, you start, you start quoting that stuff every time that stuff comes into your life. And you start doing those scriptures and just start stomping on that devil's head. And you say, devil, you're not going to take me down with this. I don't care what people say. I don't care how negative they get. I don't care what is standing in front of me. The word of God says he supplies all of my needs. Folks, I'm telling you, I have stood before the black wall. I have challenges in my life, and I stood, and it was staring me in the face. No answers, no way out, no way that we could possibly solve this. I tried and tried and tried. Men, you can relate to this. We try to solve all the problems, don't we? 
How many of you, and I'm raising my hand too, how many of you try to solve it first so you get so stinking frustrated and you beat yourself up and you just can't stand it and then you sit back and you say, okay, now I'm exhausted, I'm in pain, I'm aggravated, I'm crying. Okay, Lord, I'm turning it over to you now. I can't even count on all of my limbs the number of times I've done that. Folks, if we get into the habit of turning to him first, every single time, pretty soon those projections that you're putting out, though, those words that maybe aren't necessarily true, I do have fear, but God is going to take care of it. I do have this lack, then God is going to take care of it. I feel like I'm in bondage, then God's going to take care of it. Pretty soon, guess what? He's going to be taking care of it. Because that black wall that I stood in front of, I got exhausted. I sat in my car one day. I had my head on my steering wheel, pounding it, crying my eyes out because of this situation that we were in. My family was in. And then I got exhausted and I said, okay, God, I don't care if I live in a cardboard box. I don't care if I have nothing but the clothes on my back. I just want to serve you. And I just want to do your will and believe in you. And do you know that that very day, the wall started coming down. I'm telling you, the second I started professing it, the second I turned it around and said, I give up, I'm done. God, you're all I need. I know I've got a future ahead of me. I know I've got a heaven waiting for me. I know I've got promises like I could never possibly imagine. And when I decided that in my mind and I understood that for the first time in that situation, God began to knock that wall down. And I'm telling you, the situation I came out of, gone. We were completely restored. We were completely healed. We were completely put back together. 100% God was honorable to his word. Just put it out there. You're not lying. And if the devil tells you you're a liar, tell him he's a liar. To fight the flesh, the enemy, negativity, it is a challenge. I totally understand that. You can stand with me this morning. I'm running. If I can get the, if I can get the piano player, if that's Missy. I think I've said all I need to see, say on this topic. But it is a challenge, and it's hard. When bad things are coming at you, and you're dealing with challenges, you're dealing with people, or you're dealing with frustrations, I understand. Or you're dealing with the past. Well, all these terrible things happen in the past, and we just have this pattern, and this always happens, and this person always does that. I understand. But it's never going to change. It's never going to turn around. And you're never going to see God's hand working if all you see is the negative. And all you speak is the negative. Do you understand what I'm saying? You could be the linchpin in a situation that you're dealing with just by the profession of your own mouth and your own faith. You could be the person. You could be the one that turns it completely around. Have you stepped out and talked to that person? Have you reached out and offered a solution? Have you given them the word of God? Have you pulled that person aside and said, listen, I am dealing with something here and I need to tell you. Because I guarantee you, if God is in it, if you put God in the middle of it and you've asked him for this solution, if you've asked him, I'm tired of dealing with this, I'm tired of being frustrated, I'm tired of this, whatever the situation is, and God, I'm just going to leave it on your doorstep and I'm going to take it and I'm going to that person or I'm going to that situation or that boss or that coworker or whatever it is. I'm telling you, he will step right in. It's in the word of God, I promise you. I shared it with you this morning. 
This decision is a, is a tough one and it is a sacrifice. And what we're doing when we do this is we're sacrificing the flesh. Devil hates that. He hates it when you sacrifice the flesh. He doesn't want you to go make it right with somebody. He doesn't want you to speak positively about all the great things that are happening in our church. I want to share a couple things with you real quick. Aaron and Lauren Brown. God is doing a work in their life right now. There's a ministry being called there. These two young people have a burden and a passion and a desire. They're witnessing and they're teaching and they're here on prayer. Brother and Sister Brown, you're dealing with some frustration. Celebrate Recovery has been a challenge, up and down in attendance and different things. You know what God is saying to you? Hold on because it's coming. Hold on because it's coming because you're doing a good work. You're doing a ministry. You're doing His will in your lives. And you know what? It's, we get in the valley sometime and it gets discouraging, but don't speak it out. Don't speak it out. Say, it's coming. It's coming. Jonathan Project members. Brother Matucci's not in here, Ron Matucci, another guy. I sat here, I stood here and prayed with him at the altar one day and the power of God was on that man. I'm telling you, there's a call in his life and he's doing awesome things. He's part of the Jonathan Project. Wonderful things. I'm not trying to leave anybody out. What I'm trying to do is encourage you. There are awesome things that are happening here. And if you get on board with that, and you sacrifice that flesh that wants to say, well, we've done this before, it's a program. We've just had programs and then the programs, they end and then that program ends. Nope, you won't catch me saying that. We're moving up and out, the train's leaving the station. God's got a new destination for us. Praise the Lord, if we sacrifice the flesh, if we sacrifice the flesh to walk in the spirit and to be pleasing to God and a blessing to others, God's going to show us mightily. But for, first and foremost, I'm going to put this out there. Church, here is where that sacrifice begins. This altar is where that sacrifice begins. And that goes for Wednesday night services and prayer night services. See, the people of Israel brought their sacrifice, but they didn't just do one thing one time a year. They brought all kinds of sacrifices. They brought praise sacrifices, and they brought forgiveness sacrifices, and they brought sacrifices for the harvest. They sacrificed and sacrificed what they had. They gave to God. And God is calling you. See, he's not asking you for your car or for your fancy house or for your, your, your uh, diamond rings or your Lamborghini or any of that stuff. He's asking you for you. He wants you to sacrifice. Bring it to the altar. You got those issues and those challenges. You've got bitterness. You've got a problem. Someone has it with you. Sacrifice it. Be here at church. Folks, we need to be in the house of God when these services are going on because I'm telling you, Wednesday nights, Sunday morning prayer was fantastic this morning. God spoke. God reached out to people. Healings are happening through that. But you've got to be here. You've got to make the sacrifice if you want things to turn around in your life. We need to sacrifice our human nature to take on more of God's nature and be pleasing to him and to truly affect the world around us. I encourage you this morning to come to the altar and talk to God about these things. Take on this power that he's given you and the power of your words. Take on what he's given you. Think about the situations that you have. Sacrifice that old flesh, get rid of it. Whatever that situation is, you can get up and walk out of here a new person. Say, all right, I'm on board. I'm going to move forward with this thing because I'll tell you what, if every person in this room was on board and fully moving forward and on board with what we're doing, man, God would light this city up like there is no tomorrow. I believe that. 
But we need everybody's support. We need each other. In Jesus' name. God, we're so very thankful, Lord, for your word. Lord, we know that there's power in positive confession of the word of God. We know that there's power in this place. We know there are people that are full of faith here today, God. There are wonderful Christians that are ready to go to work for you, Lord, that want to be ministers to our community. Lord, we lift up our sacrifice to you today. God, take this human nature as much as you can from us. Help us to suppress it. Help us to kill it, God. Help us to sacrifice it on this altar today so that when we get up out of here this morning, we're able to go out and reach out to that mom or that dad or that sister or that brother, that neighbor, that co-worker, God, the people in our community that need us desperately, Lord Jesus. God, we're looking for you today. Take our sacrifice. Accept our sacrifice, God, and we'll give you, God, the thanks. We'll give you the praise. We'll give you glory, but most and foremost, God, we'll give you our positive confession. We'll give you our faith. We'll give you our all, Jesus, because we're looking for you for direction. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You can join me here at the altar this morning. God wants to move you. He's talking to some right now. He's talking to some in the congregation today. What should I change, God? What have I hidden my heart? What are the things that I'm showing, Lord, that I got to get rid of? God, I need you today, and I need to get rid of these things. I want to see change. I want to see my family saved. I want to be doing the right things so that that eternity promise is waiting for me, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, come forward today. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.